Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, I watched the Lady Grizz shoot more three-pointers than they ever have in the history of their program last night. A good reminder that it's basketball season. It was a great uh, game down at Dahlberg Arena last night as Lady Grizz took down South Dakota and uh, sort of a, a re-immersion into basketball season. But that's all we're going to talk about as far as basketball goes. It's all football all the time, all show long here on Nuanas. Now, we have tons of national championship coverage coming up for you. Jimmy Rogers, the head coach of South Dakota State, will join us at 4.30. Mike Anderson, the head coach of Grizz Hockey, they're back from Christmas break. And they got uh, some games to finish up the remaining part of their schedule. About uh, three, four weeks left of Grizz Hockey uh, for this third season. So Mike Anderson will join us. Usually he joins us on Wednesday. We were all jammed up because we had no Monday show this week. So he'll be on here today. Our number two, Brooks Duanas, will come on to talk all things um, betting lines when it comes to the FCS National Championship and the NFL. But first, we have to start on a somewhat somber note, and this is always a fascinating thing in life. Sometimes when you lose people that have great reverence uh, in a community and to a bunch of people, it's a sad deal, and it's always uh, sad to think back on what they meant to you, but it's also a great chance for reunions and a great chance to talk all about them. So that's what we're going to do right off the top. It's Nuanas Now here on ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're watching on SWX Montana Television, you see that I put our Grizz painting up. This is uh, our Grizz Greats painting. We commissioned this uh, several years ago when we were doing our 1995 commemorative podcast series. Of course, Montana won their first national championship back in 1995. We did a 25-part podcast series to commemorate the 25th anniversary uh, Grizz, former Grizz wide receiver, Ryan Bagley, one of my good friends, he did the painting. We made a bunch of prints. It's a cool deal. It's an homage to that 95 team. It features Dave Dickinson on the left, Andy Larson, the man who made the game-winning kick against Marshall on the right, and then, of course, Papa Bear, Don Reed in the middle. That's where we start today's show. Don Reed, it came down the pipe yesterday while we were on the air, passed away at the age of 90. He is certainly... Uh, one of the most revered, well-respected, and legendary figures in the history of the University of Montana, and a man that was beloved by the Missoula community. So we're going to start this thing off by paying homage to Coach Reed. In studio with me, Jim O'Day. I worked at the University of Montana for a long, long time, served as the athletic director there uh, at UM. Don Reed, I think people, some people forget this. He was the AD at Montana just for a brief moment in time before then Jim actually took over as the AD. So Jim will share some memories with us then 
We're going to hear from the man on the left side of that painting, Dave Dickinson, one of the greatest Grizz of all time, the record-setting quarterback for the University of Montana, and certainly one of Don Reed's most successful pupils. Uh, he'll join us here in just about 15 minutes. Mr. O'Day, thanks so much for coming by, man. Sorry it's on a more of a sad note, but it's good to see you. Uh, it's always fun to get in here, but uh, yeah, it was a hard one to hear. You know, Don became like a parent to many of us. And uh, to hear that yesterday and hear the news and, you know, I, I guess we shouldn't be as surprised. You know, he'd been in some ill health lately sure. the last couple of years and, and he's pretty quiet about everything, very private always. But when it came down, it becomes reality and that's where it hits you. Yeah, no, for sure. And it was it was sort of strange because I, I, we had a couple of people reach out to me and say, hey, I would love to hear what Coach Reed thinks of this sort of re-rise to prominence by the Montana Grizzlies as they go back to the national championship game for the eighth time. And so I put out some feelers online. You ended up texting me and said, hey, I heard you're ch- trying to get a hold of Coach Reed. You should reach out to these people. So I did. Never heard back. And then uh, I guess it makes sense now. But it's a sad day, but obviously a, wi- a life well lived, 90 years old. So, um, I mean, I guess just, just first of all, tell people about Don Reed as a person. He's actually one of the only like legendary Grizz figures that I've never spoken to because he retired when I was only, you know, nine years old. And like you said, he's very private in his post-retired life. Since he retired as the AD here about 20 years ago, he was not in the limelight hardly at all. He hardly ever came back. And so I've, I've never spoken to him, so I could have only uh, stories secondarily. So just tell people about him just as a guy because everybody seems to just love this guy. Well, I, I can certainly appreciate that because when Don was the coach here, I was still living in Cutbank. In fact, his his first spring game was in Cutbank. Hard to believe, and we had a heck of a good Amazing. time up there. And uh, him and Jerome and the whole crew were up there, but you know, that's where I first met him. Uh, he very quiet, you know, very unassuming the way he was. Uh, but I, I was a fan, and I always remember I'd come home, uh, come down to, down to Missoula for homecoming games, and and uh, there'd be a group of us, and we'd go out and watch that Friday practice, and sure enough, here'd come Coach Reed to see, and he'd always, hey, guy, hey, guy. He always called everybody guy, right. you know? And he said, hey, guy, how you doing? I, he didn't have a clue who we were. I know he thought we were <laughs> other coaches from the other team spying on his what his practice was going on, because I remember in 95 and hearing some of those stories about him wanting everybody cleared out over in Marshall, because he didn't want anybody watching his practice, but he was that type of person. But So I never really got to know him well until I came to the university, and then when we went through our deficit and everything, and we were going through some AD changes and stuff, and they brought Don in, and, man, I was thrilled. Uh, I didn't know what to think. Seriously, did not know what to think, and, and he didn't know what to think about me. But the one thing about Don, he was always an early morning person. He was there at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock every morning. That would be his deal. You know, he may leave in 3 in the afternoon. You might not be able to find him or whatever. He'd make sure he'd go to practice. He loved going to watch practice. Yeah. He loved being in with Bobby at those times and, and doing X's and O's and things like that. But we spent a lot of time on the road those 16 months that he was here. And I, I kind of had feels at times. I remember in Kalispell, never forget this, it was probably a month before he decided to retire, and we were up at an event up there. And he says to me, he says, hey, Jim, does your wife know any cardiologists? Well, we're coming out of Kalispell in a snowstorm at 10 o'clock at night, heading back to Missoula, and I'm going, Don, what's wrong? <laughs> right. you know? I mean, it's not anything you want to, oh, no, no, nothing. He said, I've just, you know, got some chest pain a little bit, and, and I just want to make sure. And he, he says, I know Kathy knows all the people in Kalispell. Sure. And all the, well, I'm freaked. I'm freaked. But anyway, he was fine. But that was the last I heard of that. But, you know, he he was just one of those guys that would... And, you know, I owe a lot to him. I learned so much from him. What I will always say, and I, I tell these guys, like with, with Dickie and, and Wells and Earhart and all, Kenford, all these guys, we always talk about it. And I said, you know what, I, I wasn't a football player here for, for the UM under a, a guy like Don Reed. But I said, I can sure find out how he motivated everybody. Yeah. Because he did. And, and it was funny because my wife and him had such a great relationship. They, they just had so... I mean, it hit her hard, too. I'm sure. Yesterday. And my kids, because Don was the guy that on, I remember, it, I think it was April 1st, 2005, early morning deal. I'm in there about 7 o'clock, and we'd have our little coffee meetings and stuff and talk about different things. And, and he said, Jim, uh, I'm going to let you know I'm announcing my retirement today. You need to go for this job. 
And I said, Don, I don't need to go for this job. I said, that was never my intent to be an athletic director at the University of Montana. I liked what I was doing uh, as a fundraiser, a major gift fundraiser in athletics. Uh, that's a career you could probably go on for a long time because you had a lot of great people you're dealing with. He says, you need to do it. And I says, Don, I don't need to do it. He says, yeah, you do. You need to do something like this. I said, you got to give me time. Well, in that two weeks that we spent, he did take time to talk to my family and convince them that I need to do it, even though it was going to change their lives. And uh, I couldn't let John down. He meant too much to me as a father figure. No one wants to let their fathers down. And that's the way it felt. And, you know, uh, I learned so much from him. Don and Lois, uh, you know, I I talked to Bruce periodically to hear from him. They just mean that much to my family, and they mean that much to everybody in Grizz Nation. Well, beautiful words. Jimbo Day, former athletic director here at the University of Montana, and a great friend and mentee of uh, a great mentor to many, Don Reed. He passed away yesterday at the age of 90. Certainly, I think that there's... It's ominous in a good way, I think, right? There's almost like this symbolic nature to this because Don Reed, I mean, he's the one that got Bobby Houck into coaching once upon a time. And there's sort of like now this passing of the torch. And it, certainly, you know, Don Reed retired in 1995. Bobby Houck came back in 2003. Then he came back again some, you know, 15 years later. But, I mean, Coach Houck would tell you that one of the most important football mentors in his life is Don Reed. And, I, you know, I just wonder, with the national championship game coming up, not that Montana needed any more motivation, but you you, you got to think that Coach Houck's going to be thinking of Coach Reed on, on Sunday. Well, you look at the, 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 the number of great coaches, and we talk about Bobby, and he had worked for him, and then he had Timmy Houck. Sure. And he had uh, Grady Bennett of Encalspell. Scotty Gregg, I got a great note from him, and Scotty, being a great NFL player that he was, he said, I never had a better coach ever. Wow. And... Those are big words, you know, from somebody who was at the top level. I mean, who played many, many years in the NFL. And, and I'm sure Timmy and those guys would tell you the same thing. And Brent Peace, Brent was his first quarterback. That's right. He was his first quarterback. And, and you know, you look at those guys, and I've heard from, like, Scott Walker, all these old names yep. of guys, Dave Kempfert, Mike Agee, you know, Earhart, all those guys. And you think, wow, how much they all had a second father, and we've lost him. We've lost him, but the memories we have, we will never forget. The he is he is remembered uh, for a variety of different reasons, but probably first and foremost for being sort of the architect of the modern uh, history of of Montana football. Right? I mean, I think that we're far enough away from it now that I think there's a lot of people that live in Missoula that have no idea that once upon a time. The Grizz were not this football power. The Grizz were not. I mean, you had the late 60s teams with Mike Tillman and, and, and you know, uh, Steve Okanowski and those guys. But the 70s was a dry, dry span for the Grizz. Then they had the one breakthrough in 82 with Morningweg and Brian Salonen and those guys. But it was not like it is now. But Don Reed was the one that sort of laid the foundation for that. Well, you remember in the years, even and, and, until Timmy Hawk and Scrafford and all those guys came along, you forget that we'd go 6-5 and five every year, and we were thrilled. <laughs> totally Everybody right. in town was thrilled. I mean, that one year, I think we lost our first five games and won our last six. But, you know, we were playing the UNLVs and the Boise sure, States. And the, sure. We were playing, you know, some pretty good teams in those years. But, you know, the, the, the number of people that, that Bob or that Don had such an influence in and, uh, you know, when I always remember Don, and you could just see how he would motivate people. And, and he was one of those guys. And, you know, everybody, if he liked you, you were one of the good guys. Yeah, right. And, and so you see this quote all the time. All you got to do is talk with all the different, his former players, and you say, who is the good guys? Who are the good guys? And everybody kind of smile and stuff like that. But that was the way Don was. And he was also in, in staff. He was also... He watched everybody. He knew everybody. He had he his big deal was handing out candy bars when you did something special. Uh, he did have once in a while he'd do a donut and he'd put it in on somebody's desk early in the morning or he'd have a candy bar and boy when people won those candy bars they were just thrilled because they knew they had caught Don's attention for something special and he just was you know again just such a good guy. You could you never thought of him just as a coach. But, you know, he had, he wrote a lot of books. I remember he gave me a number of his books. uh, I I hold them dearly in my heart about the passing game. You know, people talk about Miles Davis. 
really Don Reed was one of the architects of that Miles Davis attack in those old years with Portland State and things like that and when he was at Oregon and things. But Don, he definitely knew, he knew the passing game. He knew we didn't throw the ball that much in those days. Jim O'Day in studio with us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Dave Dickinson, all-time great Grizz quarterback, coming up in just a minute. But, uh, I mean, last thing, th- this painting and, and the, the breakthrough that that was and, and just the moment that was for Missoula, I mean, how much do you think that that just changed the, the University of Montana as a whole? Because it seems like it's a windfall moment when the Grizz won their first national championship. Well, and Don Reed deserves a ton of credit for that. Oh, I grew up in Cutbank, and it was a big Bobcat town. For sure. And it was a you know a really big Bobcat town. And I remember all that time thinking we were going to the national. And I would listen to these Bobcat friends of mine, and they'd say, we have three national championships, you have none. We have three, we have, you have none. And I remember being there in Marshall, in Huntington that year. We had organized a charter out of Great Falls. Uh, everyone was fired up. We had great people on there. We had a great time. And I don't think Marshall gave us any chance in the world to win. I mean, they were just thrilled to see a team from Montana coming all that totally. way out there to play. And we went out there. And I, I'll never forget how nervous I was because you kept thinking, in, in, when you're a, a marketer, you're always thinking about ways that you can make successes and monies. And I'm thinking, if we win this game, this university has no idea how big it is going to be to them, For sure. how much it's going to be worth. And when Andy stepped up to hit that field goal, I mean, some things had to happen. Earhart had to catch that fourth down pass, and and Dickey had to come through with, you know, his shoulder was torn up. I mean, those guys played so hard. Our defense played so hard. So many things had to happen. And I always give Er, Er, uh, um, what do you mean, Uh, uh, not Trevathan, um, Earhart. No, no, Air, well, I will give Earhart a bad time, but he made a great catch there. You'll never forget the, no, Andy Larson. Oh, sure. I said, Larson. you know, Andy, you're probably about a foot from being a hero or a dog. <laughs> That's right. A hero or a dog. Thank God you're a hero. Yep. And uh, never forget that. And then still even Marshall, I think they tried to field goal at the end of the game, and thank God it came up short. But I, that was a long time ago, almost 30 years ago. And I'll never forget that. Jim O'Day here in studio with us here on Duana's Now. Thanks for swinging by, man. I appreciate oh. you. are certainly welcome to stick around and listen to Dickie if you'd like. But thanks for being here, man. Well, I'll awesome. listen to Dickie for a little bit. Yeah. I, uh, we like to give each other a few <laughs> barbs here once in a while. Well, there you go. Uh, Duana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN uh, MT app. We are uh, efforting Dave Dickinson. Uh, that number is correct that I put on there. So uh, let's try him again. He he just texted me. So um, hopefully we can uh, get a hold of him. It is just it's just so interesting to me that a man that lived ninety years somehow passed away on the week the Grizz are going to the national championship. It's, it seems like it's almost symbolic or fitting. It would have been even more fitting if he would have passed away after the Grizz maybe had brought another championship home. But um, certainly, Dodry's influence, uh, a, a gigantic one, not only here at the University of Montana, but as uh, Jim O'Day mentioned, just the landscape of college football. I mean, everybody now is running the spread. Everybody now, you know, is going three or four wide. But this was a very innovative and revolutionary thing when, you know, a very few schools were doing it. It's where the Big Sky Conference, honestly, got its reputation because you had Montana, you had uh, Boise State was throwing the ball over the place. Montana State was throwing the ball over the place. But these were some of the few leagues or some of the few teams in a sort of uh, – obscure league that we're doing this. And so, you know, now you see everybody's running three wide. Sometimes they're even running four wide. So uh, it's just fascinating to see the influence that someone uh, like Don Reed can have, even though he was a small school football coach, the way that that matriculated all the way up and the way that football is now played today. This remembrance is part of our road to Frisco. We didn't plan it. We didn't hope for it, but uh, certainly Worth honoring a great man who had a huge influence on this community as well as the state of Montana. Our road to Frisco presented in part by Town Pump. Town Pump has kept us on the road all season long. We've been up and down the highways and byways. Over 4,000 miles traveled this football season between us here at ESPNMT as well as my crew at Skyline Sports. Kind of done without Town Pump. They're also helping us make our way down to Frisco, Texas. 
So Town Pump Brawl of the Wild by the Mile. Thank goodness we don't have to drive to Frisco. They're helping us get down there via the uh, the airplanes. But uh, either way, we could have done it without Town Pump. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Town Pump near you right down the road. Montana's best for more than 60 years. Uh, here's what we should do. Let's take a break real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll effort Dave Dickinson again, and uh, hopefully we'll get him on the other side. You're listening to Nuanas Now here on ESPN Radio. Back right after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. One, two, three. Nuan is now on ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Our lead-up coverage to the FCS National Championship game continues but today, we have to pay tribute to a great man and one of the great Grizzlies of all time. The news came down yesterday while we were on the air. Don Reed, a legend among legends until the, this uh, a couple of years ago, the all-time winningest coach in the history of the University of Montana and the man who led Montana to its first ever football national championship. He passed away yesterday at the age of 90. We heard from Jim O'Day, former Montana athletic director, uh, to lead the show, a guy who actually took over for Don Reed as the AD at Montana uh, back in the mid-2000s. And now... Happy to be joined by one of the greatest Grizzlies of all time in his own right, one of the great players in Montana history, and uh, a guy we always love hearing from. Dave Dickinson joining us here now on Nuanas Now. Dave, I'm sorry it's because of a sad circumstance, but we really appreciate you taking some time, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right, Yes, It's too bad, you know, like, listen, Coach Reed had an amazing life, good life. Would have been nice to let him watch one more Grizz game. So, uh, yeah, too bad for sure. Well, just take us back to, to your time when you were coming out of Great Falls CMR and, and uh, when Don Reed was recruiting you because, uh, you know, he has so much reverence with so many people that he touched their lives. So just take us back to the beginning. What was your first impressions of Coach Reed? Well, the recruiting process for me was different than everybody else. In fact, we had about nine guys from Great Falls head over to Missoula and uh, eight of them got picked up and taken to the bowling alley and had a good time and, and myself. I went straight over and watched film with a guy named Tommy Lee, um, coach on Don's staff. He was already going full speed ahead, offensive uh, terminology and scheme and everything. The one thing I that was crazy is Don probably had his hands in everything and was doing so much more than any of us players knew. I didn't really realize that until after I had graduated and I talked to my brother a little bit who was on the staff. Because he really did kind of go behind the scenes. He let his coaches coach. He let them kind of take the forefront. But I do believe he was the one driving the bus and, and making sure the program got where it got where it went to. So um, good memories. I mean, they came and watched me play basketball. I think we lost to Sentinel, which uh, we weren't much of a basketball school. Uh, I just remember, honestly, his smile and uh, certainly a guy that's going to be missed. Dave Dickinson here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, and of course, a Montana Grizz and Big Sky Conference Hall of Famer, 1995 Walter Payton Award winner. When it comes to just your rise in, in sort of uh, continuity with Coach Reed, that offense you guys are running, it's its the stuff of lore now. And I mean, the numbers are still ridiculous and eye-popping, but um, when you guys first went about installing it and doing all that sort of stuff, what was that like? I know he had done it for quite a few years leading up to your time taking over as the starting quarterback, but, I mean, just how innovative was it and how much does, do you think he deserves credit for his influences on modern football as a whole? Yeah, to be honest, I don't remember him coaching me much technique, scheme, any of that. That's where Robin Flugrad, Brent Pease, um, we had a great staff. McDenny came in later. 
but like I said, I really believe he was the one driving all the, all the, all the things behind the scenes, and um, so we never we never really were under center. Uh, we didn't really play with a tight end. We only had one back. Uh, coming to Canada now, now I understand where it's from. It's because <laughs> totally. really, to be honest, it's what we do up here. Um, and it's what has been going on. But I think even Coach Reed was one of the first to put it in. And, uh, you know, we struggled on some short yardage. You know, we weren't really in that mode. But what would happen is teams would play us, and they couldn't stop us. The odd team would have a wishbone offense or something like that. Our defense would be like, wow, we haven't seen that. You know, the Delawares, the Georgia Southerns early on of the world. Um, so it was football evolved, and it's really what it is now. I mean, the quarterback wins and loses you the game. So they're the ones driving, you know, making the plays. Um, to me, that's kind of what uh, football has become. Uh, Don was just way ahead of the curve. Just from a personal perspective, uh, how did you think he influenced you during your younger years, just as a young man in Missoula? See, Don is like, he's family first. So he's, you know, let's, you know, Lois, uh, I certainly... And Bruce, really good people. So the thing with college football and any football, you want to go to somewhere where you kind of feel like you fit in and they want you. You don't want to just be a piece of the puzzle. You want to be an important cog in the wheel. You want to have somebody that gives a darn about you. And those are the things that I think Don showed early on. That uh, And it wasn't, I was telling some other people, it really wasn't the stars. Yeah, he talked to everybody that was the big timers, but he talked and mentored every single person on that team. And he, he really didn't care if you were a starter or not. He was going to find ways to try to make you better. And he also, you know, he had his sayings and he had his energy. He reminds me a little like a modern-day Pete Carroll. You know, he has that energy and so positive and very authentic. I don't know if Pete is that way, but I have no idea. But I know that Don Reed, what, you, what he says and what you saw is what he was. And as players, you know, he was, he was Papa. That's what he was. And, yeah, it's tough, tough to lose him. Dave Dickinson here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, all-time great Grizz quarterback. Remembering the great Don Reed, passed away yesterday at the age of 90, just a few days away as Montana about to make their eighth trip to the FCS National Championship game. Dave, I know it's an emotional time and a hard one, so we really appreciate you taking some time for us. Do you have any other fun or good stories to share with you about Coach Reed before we let you go? Well, I mean, he's he's an author, too. He wrote some books. Um, you know, to, and the other thing that I think that uh, he made is look at his staff. You know, look at the guys that, that, that worked for him. I think all coaches want to certainly get known through their staff and, and how they, they built up players, but also coaches. And I think, you know, you can, you can pass it down to a lot of things. But he is the one that put the Grizzlies on the path where we're at now. I mean, it, it was a long time ago. I know that. But mid-'80s, uh, the Montana State Bobcats were running the show. Don Reed came into the Grizz. Got us a new stadium built. Who knows if he was fundraising for that and doing the right things with the Washington family. But we got that stadium built. And then, obviously, then we took our play on the field to another level. I didn't get there till. Certainly those days were over, but I, I definitely followed it because the guys from Great Falls, you know, you always went to the Cats. And then started in the mid-'80s, you know, that most um, uh, schools started working their way over the Grizz with the Arnsons and the Caliphats and the Smirkers. And these were the guys from that I was familiar with. All of a sudden, they're going to the Grizz. And, and Don put the Grizzlies on the path we're at right now. So that's why he's such an important person of, in this world and in our program. No doubt. Certainly uh, one of the primary and founding architects of the modern success of, of Grizz football. Uh, last thing for you, I'm sure that uh, you followed along at least a little bit. What do you think of Montana back in the national championship? What do you think of their prospects on Sunday against South Dakota State? Well, I know it's, you know, they're underdogs, and I, I kind of like it. So um, Sounds familiar, right? Once upon a time, you were a quarterback <laughs> of an underdog Grizz team. I don't even, honestly, betting really wasn't what it is now. Sure. I don't remember, like, people weren't on their phones and doing their thing. I thought we were going to win. I, I definitely went there with, with the 100% confidence we were winning that game. And then what I think about this team is they're still, they have improved each and every week, and uh, it's a great opportunity. I hope they just settle in and, and play the game there, you know, that they've been playing. Don't try to do too much. And um, like I said, I kind of got a good feeling that they, they're going to, They've got a little bit of karma, a little bit of mojo on their side, but South Dakota State is a juggernaut. 
Um, great, great roster. Haven't lost in 26, 27 games. So nothing easy, easy is going to be there for the Grizz. Well, so there would be a great tribute to one of the all-time great Grizz. And we know uh, Coach Reed will be watching down as Montana takes on uh, South Dakota State. Dave, we appreciate the time. And thanks for doing this on such short notice. Great to hear from you. We'll catch up down the road. But thanks for coming on today. Yep, best of luck to Bobby and the Grizz. And thanks for putting me on. There you go. One of the all-time greats. You definitely tell the impact that uh, Don Reed had on on so many. I mean, I, I got, you know, I'm a little bit removed from this because, again, these guys were, the guys on the early 90s Grizz, they were playing when I was a little kid. So, I mean, that's sort of what set the stage for my life in terms of loving college football and wanting to make a career out of this. But I even heard from, you know, we did that 95 podcast series. I heard from a dozen-plus guys yesterday just saying, hey, you know, we've heard this had happened, and I just wanted to, you know, let you know the the words that we had to share, and uh, it's just pretty impressive. I think that's when you know you had a life well lived when uh, it, it meant so much to everybody. Jim O'Day's still here, <laughs> hanging out and, and listening in. So, I mean, I guess we'll leave the people with that. I mean, you can just tell, like, like Dave Dickinson just said, there's all about family. It was more about the impact he made personally than than the impact Don Reed made, maybe. Uh, you know, X's and O's and as a head coach. Well, look what a great job he did hiring his assistants. For sure. He had so many good assistants. And I, I wish Dickie was still on here because I was going to give him a bad time. He was only oh, the, third, you had the third best guy in his house when he lived <laughs> off. Mike Kowalski and Jamer Bartell. There's yeah, a great right. Falls kid. And, of course, Mike was from Cut Bank where I was from. And his dad was my coach and everything. Mike was our water boy in those years. So I got to know Dickie a little bit in those years. So uh, always always enjoy visiting with Dave in those guys but what a bunch of great guys there's a reason why there's a the very that that chemistry that he talks about and everything you see that on this team i've seen it on the teams you know that have won uh you know we've been close a number of other times but people don't realize how hard it is to get there um and but you know i i have heard from so many people even the the eight and nine teams and the and the four team that didn't win but so many of them are going to frisco for sure. And to me, that tells the story. No doubt. Jim O'Day, Dave Dickinson, thanks so much for contributing to this tribute of Don Reed. We're going to put something a little bit more in depth together, SkylineSportsMT.com. We're going to get some thoughts from various uh, men that both coached and played under Coach Reed. So stay tuned for that. We gotta we gotta complete this current content schedule we got leading up to the FCS championship game on Sunday. But when the dust settles on that, uh, we'll certainly have a more in depth homage to uh, Coach Reed. But we appreciate at least for the moment uh, Jim O'Day, former athletic director from Montana, as well as Dave Dickinson for joining us here on Nuanas Now. Back to the regularly scheduled programming. How about some more preview of this big time game? Jimmy Rogers, the head coach of South Dakota State, will join us as will Grizz Hockey Head Coach Mike Anderson to wrap up our number one here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Our road to Frisco coverage continues. Presented in part by the Advocates. The Advocates want you to have a great time this weekend cheering on the Grizz. Should be the best time ever. If you're injured, though, because of someone else's negligence, you've been robbed of that excitement. Call the injury attorneys at the Montana Advocates today so they can start fighting for you and the settlement you deserve so you can get back to enjoying the holiday season. Chat anytime at MontanaAdvocates.com or call 406 640 Four 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 four. Coming up, Mike Anderson, head coach of Grizz Hockey. But first, let's hear from South Dakota State head coach Jimmy Rogers. He's a fascinating character. He's only 35 years old. He's in a, his first year as the head coach there at SDSU. But this thing is in his blood. He, he played at South Dakota State. He spent 15 out of the last 17 years. So if you're doing the math, that's half his life there at SDSU. Had a two-year uh, foray there at Florida Atlantic as a grad assistant, but then made his way back to SDSU. He was the defensive coordinator under John Stigelmeyer these last several years there at South Dakota State. So certainly a man that's wise and uh, mature beyond his years. And uh, I, I find his demeanor and his sort of steadfast way of being and talking, you can tell he's an incredibly intense and incredibly driven guy. We'll have plenty of sound bites about the actual X's and O's and matchups with Jimmy Rogers tomorrow as we break down our top 10 matchups in this championship game. But here's some stuff broadly about the SDSU program. These are sound bites from the FCS uh, NCAA administered press conference from last week. 
Yeah, I hope everybody had an awesome Christmas break. Um, I know it was much needed for this football team. Uh, coming off the semifinal game, I felt like we had played our best football up to this point, and we need to carry it over into the national championship. This team has done everything that we expected to do and wanted to do, um, but we have one game left to finish, and uh, we're excited for the challenge. It's a really good football team. Really aggressive on defense, play a physical brand of football. All of their guys you see constantly pursuing to the football the right way and with the right physicality. And offensively, they got playmakers on the outside. They got dynamic running back. Um, their quarterback is a very gifted athlete that has honestly kept them in some games just with his ability to extend plays and, and take their shots to their to their wide receivers. And then special teams-wise, they've been explosive. Uh, Junior Bergen has been outstanding and um, they play extremely hard on that in that phase of the game so we're going to reset ourselves and uh, we spent time kind of focusing on ourselves and trying to clean up technique and we're excited to get into the prep of Montana and try to deliver our best down in Texas we'll know that's your standard but you look emotional after the game uh, do you ever stop and think about the fact that you're that you have reached Uh, the national championship game in your first year as a head coach and what does that mean to you at your alma mater you know i think it's a special moment to to look at and take the time to reflect that yeah it is my first year but i don't i didn't get in coaching to make it about myself i you know my emotion stems from the experiences that our players have and um I'm blessed to be the head coach here. I'm blessed to coach this team with the roster that's in place. And um, we as coaches need to work extremely hard to give our give our best to our players because they deserve our best. Uh, they've been awesome all year as far as listening to the message and, and delivering their best, and we need to do, to do the same thing. Well, uh, what was your initial feeling after seeing Montana's win against the Bison, and what stands out the most to you about them? Yeah, I, I just thought this is the next team that we're playing. You know, um, I have history with both, um, but we would have been excited to play anybody. Um, they're a really well-coached football team. I think that's been proven over the years of coaches' tenure there. Uh, he's phenomenal skill on the perimeter is one of the first things that showed up um, and just how hard they play. They're a resilient group. They've had multiple games where they've battled to the wire and they figure out a, a way to win and that right there in itself is the sign of a championship program. So we're well aware of who we're playing and the physicality that's going to be needed to win this football game and we need to make sure we do everything we can in the time being to to be able to get that done. Uh, coach, on average, how often has somebody told you not to punt to Junior Bergen in this uh, upcoming game? Well, I've seen him, and he's dynamic. Um, we need to be aware of where he's at when he's on offense because he is a big play threat every time he touches the ball. But we got to do our best to, to say you just can't kick to somebody. You know, he may touch the ball at any point. We got to tackle, and uh, we got to do our part. And he reminds me a lot of. Kate Johnson, who we had here a couple years ago, who's still in the NFL. So uh, nothing that he has done is, is shocking with the, the skill set in which he has. Um, he's a great player, and and uh, he'll create challenges. We just need to respond. Hey, obviously, you've talked a lot with the guys, the older guys here, about leaving their legacy. And certainly for that group that you played with in 2009 that helped build this whole program, In a way, everything that's come since is that group's legacy and every other group that kind of helped build this program. If we'd gone back 14 years ago and said, this is what the program will be to you as a senior and all your teammates from that group, uh, would you said, yeah, this is pretty much what we'd like to see it become one day? Yeah, I think that's what we set out to do when we came here. I envisioned... Uh being the best team in the country when I committed here. Does it take time? It took longer than I expected. It took years of heartache. Um, but it took a consistent approach of effort and toughness and will and finding the right kids to want to compete and do it consistently at a high level day in and day out. We have that. And uh, yeah, it means the world to me. 
It's been a years in the making. It's just, just not this one team. Um, because a team year to year is made up of accumulation of years in which they've put into this already. This senior class is special because of the years of work that has gone into this. And uh, it means the world to me to leave this senior class out on the – it's one last game. And uh, we need to finish on the right note. Hey, Jimmy, um, you know, I'd ask the players this too, but, you know, obviously preseason, a lot of the media thought you guys could repeat as champs, but you guys every time said one game at a time. How much do you credit, you know, you guys obviously teaching that to them, but your players buying into that too of one game at a time and doing their job? Uh, I credit it all to the players because I bet you every team in the country says it. We live it. That's what we talk about. We didn't talk about the rankings. We never talked about where we were at in a win streak. We never talked about being undefeated. We, we don't talk about that. We talk about the team that we're playing against. And uh, we show respect to that team and give it our best in our approach to get better on the things that we need to get better at to have success in the game, to carry out a game plan, uh, to study, to invest time into the little details mattering at practice. That's what we put our focus on, not on exterior things that was set outside of the, the walls of our facility. So, yeah, I, I give all credit to the players, surely. Hearing you talk about the legacy through the years of this program, just at some point your program went from being the, the hunter to being the hunted, and maybe it was like a seamless transition. You don't even recognize it happening. But what is similar and what is different about those two dynamics, the hunter and the hunt, and being the hunted? But you feel like you're hunting every day. I mean, I think that's if you're a competitor and you understand what it takes to win, you don't discredit the losses because you can learn a ton from losing. Um, this program has felt the heartache of that for years. And um, to look past those losses or not find the fine detail on how you could have got better, um, you've, you've wasted that opportunity. And I don't really think that the mentality changes. Um, you're hunting your best, and, and uh, that's the most important part is trying to draw the best out of yourself on a daily basis so you can have the most success and give your best to the football team. And uh, I think it's fairly simple. I don't think it's always easy because we're all humans, but if it means enough to you, you can find it. And uh, I feel like this team has that. They have an edge to them. I think you can see it in how we play. There's a confidence. That confidence was built through getting through adversity and uh we have a lot of guys returning on this team and i can tell you this they were uh, um not highly recruited not highly sought after and they've earned every bit of what they've gotten in their time here and so yeah they don't feel like they've arrived i can promise you that impressive uh you can just tell how deliberate and driven jimmy rogers is head coach of south coast we'll hear more from him tomorrow here on Nuanas now. It's part of our road to Frisco. Presented in part by the Stone of Accord. If you want a great place to watch the Grizz in uh, the National Championship game on Sunday, head to the Stone. All day they'll have $5 mimosas and $3.50 Coors Lights on draft. Plus, there's nothing like the Stone Brunch. So you combine the brunch of mimosas, Coors Lights, and the Grizz. That's an awesome Sunday, especially when it's a National Championship game Sunday. The Stone of Accord, just a stone's throw away on North Reserve. Usually, we do our Grizz Hockey on Wednesdays. We were a day behind this uh, this week because there was no show on Monday. So now, a little Thursday Grizz Hockey action. Mike Anderson joins us now here on the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, the head coach of the Grizz Hockey team. Coach, thanks for joining us. Man, how you doing? How was your break? I'm doing well. It was nice. It was long for the hockey side of it, but uh, it was good. It was nice to get away and, and uh, connect with family and just do different stuff and Get a break from the rink, feeling recharged and ready to go. Well, have you seen? I mean, I'm sure you have, but uh, how's the guys look? Now that you've been on the break the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the first skate was a little rough, and <laughs> guys are coming in in, in in waves here too, uh, getting them back. I mean, we don't they don't start classes for another two weeks, so it's a, a bit of a smorgasbord of timelines for guys to get back. So, um, yeah, the the first skate was rough, and then from there we built up pretty good. Today's practice. This morning was really strong. Guys are moving well. Good competition level, so we're excited to see what we can do this weekend. 
One of the hockey highlights from over the break, and we had this on the radio as well because we are the official affiliates of the Seattle Kraken. The Winter Classic played out, and this year it featured the Seattle Kraken and the Las Vegas Knights. So a couple new upstart teams there in the NHL. Of course, the Knights, the uh, defending uh, champions. So what would you think? I mean, Seattle, a 3 nothing win. Did you watch the Winter Classic? If so, what was your take? I watched the beginning, the first period, a little bit of the second, and then uh, moved on to uh, the semifinals of the college football playoff, to be honest. But I thought the Sir Mix-a-Lot intro and the fish being thrown and just the overall vibe of that was that was the only time in my life culture I thought the NHL was cool. And I'm a huge <laughs> NHL fan. That was the first time I was like, oh, they're actually doing something that's that's capturing the, the area and it feels authentic and real and fun. And usually the NHL is super cheesy. So it was really cool to see them pull off a, a solid, fun production that, that actually sort of resonated. Well, which brings us into then what's a cool weekend for the Grizz Hockey Team. A little winter classic Montana style uh, with Grizz Hockey up there on Saturday. First, they got a home game here at the Glacier Ice Rink on Friday. So just take us through the weekend and how all this sort of uh, came to fruition. Uh, just a classic Tucker Sargent thing. you know. <laughs> yes, <sudden>. sir. <laughs> About a month ago or so, he's like, hey, I think we should try and play outside. And I was like, okay. what? Is it? And then I'm, I'm a bit of the, you know, uh, I tend to, I don't say no, but I always have some questions, and Tucker's always going full throttle, and he gets things like this done, and it's it's super awesome and cool. And uh, the Flathead Youth Association was on board right away, which made things super easy. Uh, they play games out there all the time. Actually, Wyatt Plute is one of our players who grew up playing there, so we're excited to have him head home and play a game with us. And uh, yeah, it just kind of came up really quick uh, and and uh, developed, and we're excited to see how it works out. We sold a good great amount of tickets so far and there, I know there's still some left and, and we're just excited to get out there, play outside look like it might be snow and even cooler and just really enjoy the moment for what it is which is playing somewhere else, getting our Grizz hockey name up, up, up north a little bit in different communities and, and trying to help grow the game. This will play out on Saturday night up there in Kalispell 6pm puck drop, Woodland Park Ice Center there uh, in the Flathead Valley. Tell us about your opponent this weekend, uh, Logan Lake Miners from British Columbia uh, first of all, you, you have the Canadian tag, so probably going to be a very competitive club. What, what do you think of this team? You know, it's hard to tell. The only thing I know about them is through YouTube, and they play in a pretty competitive league up there, the BCIHL, which is a collection of, of universities in Canada uh, that have their own little league up there. And, um, and, you know, they get guys from the WHL, which is a really high-level major junior league, down to you know, tier three guy Canadians who came down to the States to play. There's a wide variety of, of skills, some super high, some, you know, lower. We, we honestly, our culture have no idea. Um, they could be very good. They could be, you know, just like we are, they could be pretty bad. It's, it's just uh, one of those things where it's hard to, even with technology these days, the, you know, film and hockey is so hard to, to gauge, uh, you know, speed and, and talent and pace. So, um, we're not sure we're getting into with them, but we're excited about it. They're, they've been a great team to work with as far as their coaches and staff uh, uh, coordinating all this and being flexible and willing to do this game outside. So uh, we know that they're good people involved, and we're just excited to uh, to play them and, and see how it goes. Grizz Hockey head coach Mike Anderson joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. The Grizz back from break. They went 14-11 and 11 during the first half, but really surged down the stretch, including... Uh, having a landmark win over rival Montana State, uh, two to one, headed into the break. So, uh, coach, you mentioned I mean you've been off for several weeks, uh, now you're back at it. So, uh, I guess two part question: How do you hope to carry the momentum? How do you carry the moment, momentum from uh, the first half? Is that possible? And what did you like about the way your team played in the first half that you hope continues as you now embark on the second half? You know, I'm not a, a big proponent of momentum in general. I think. Um, I don't. I think it's sort of a, a fallacy that we create and apply to things a bit, except maybe in the moment. So I, I don't expect any momentum to carry over from the first half, good or bad. I think that was like a momentum in a positive light, but it can be a, it can be a negative light too. You really just have to put the shift, the game, whatever it is, the weekend behind you and move forward. And that's what we're going to do. We had a, we had a really solid first half. We had our stretches of some some adversity and some tough times, but we you know we really learned a lot about ourselves as a group and a team and how we want to play. And what I really liked about it is that 
we stuck together. We figured it out. No one turned on each other, and, and we really just uh, worked together to identify why we're doing this, how we want to approach things. And, and once we did that, our game really took off, and we started playing for each other and sticking to the systems a bit better and structure. And that's what I really liked to see was that our compete level never faltered, even though the wins weren't coming like they probably should have, and we just kept at it. So it was a, it was a good first half overall, a lot, a lot of learning about who we are. And last thing, then, just tell me about what's uh, still out in front of you guys just in terms of finishing the rest of this regular season and then beyond that as well. Yeah, so we are currently 12th in the West, which if, if things ended today, we would qualify for regionals just barely at the end there. The rankings at this level are insane. You know, we beat the number one team in our region and moved up one slot. So I, I couldn't tell you how it all <laughs> shapes out. Um, but we have seven... Uh, yeah, seven league games that will count to our rankings after this weekend versus Logan Lake, and we got to take advantage of each and every one of them and make sure that we win all of them would be ideal. And then uh, if that, we're definitely going to be set for regionals and make sure we, we come out every night ready to compete and bring our best game. And if we do that, we're going to have a really good second half and, and be where we want to be at the end of the year, which is heading down to Logan, Utah. February 20th to 22nd, playing in our first-ever regional tournament. Grizaki back at it, Glacier Ice Rink on Friday, and then up at the Flathead in Kalispell for their version of the Winter Classic on Saturday. Mike Anderson joining us like he does once a week, and he will throughout the rest of this hockey season. Mike, good to hear from you, man. Glad you had a nice break, and uh, best of luck this weekend. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Coulter. Happy New Year, man. There you go. Grizz Hockey back in action. If you want to find Grizz Hockey, you can always do that on our ESPN MT app, as well as right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. You can also always head on down to Buffalo Wild Wings. They'll always be streaming the games. So if you want to enjoy some wings and uh, have a couple beers while you take in Grizz Hockey, Buffalo Wild Wings has got the action on. They're right across the street from us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, proud to support Grizz Hockey all season long. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. The Scuttle around this national championship game has been prevalent, but so much of it has centered upon the Grizz as a big-time underdog. What do we think of the line? Well, first of all, the line's different in Vegas than it is in Montana. What do we think of that? Also, so what are some of the key factors that play into this matchup that makes the Grizz a double-digit underdog? Plus, we'll go through who's playing and who's not for NFL Week 18 and some of the best numbers on the book uh, for the final week of the regular season in the NFL. All football all the time, FCS National Championship and NFL style next. Brooks Nuanas joins us in hour number two. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore. You can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.